Welcome to the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast with Corey Shapiro. Quote, we are always comparing our insides to other people's outsides. The attribution of that quote, I believe, is unclear. I think it's an old saying. I heard about it recently when I was reading a good book that I'll discuss later. But basically what it's saying is if you're going through a difficult time, let's say like a divorce, and you're comparing to someone who's on the other side, who maybe is now thriving and you're barely surviving, you don't know the struggle, the pain, what they had to go through to get where they are. And it's a journey and we're all on a path. So remember that as you go through this process to not give you any more anxiety, depression than this is necessary. All right, in divorce news, we've been hearing about the backlog of cases. We've been discussing how courts are dealing with this backlog. Uh, New Jersey apparently recently suspended trials. Remember I talked about New Jersey, how they basically just gave any judge, even judges without matrimonial experience, uh, to try cases. That didn't work, so they're just suspending trials. In California, we talked about how they have private judges by the Constitution, And there has been a movement here in New York to try to get more referees, more what they call special masters, private judges, all the same thing. The point is, is trying to outsource from the judge to quasi-judicial individuals that the judge appoints to help people move on when they need a decider. They're They're not the type of case that can go to mediation where they can make a win win agreement. They need someone who's going to help them settle disputes. Someone's right, someone's wrong. They need someone to call that like an umpire. So they had one of these cases, uh, and it was this was in the, the, the law journal recently, where apparently they agreed to certain parameters if a party was going to delay things and make things more difficult. And if that happened, the special master, a, a very experienced divorce attorney here in New York, Susan Spender, she was allowed to award attorney fees. That's what she did against a plaintiff for a million dollars. That plaintiff was represented by high-powered an attorney, not even a matrimonial attorney. She went all the way up to a you know, Fortune 500 law firm, Dentons, and thought, well, listen, if I get this guy with this kind of powerhouse, I'm going to win. The defendant had a very good matrimonial attorney, for a big firm uh, in the matrimonial field, but not a big firm, Fortune 500 big firm. and But at the end of the day, even this intellectual firepower couldn't help her. They appealed it to the appellate division, and here's what the appellate division said. And the first argument is, first of all, the special masters can't do that, can't award attorney fees. That's not exactly what they say, but that's a summary of what they said. And the appellate division is, we reject this argument. That's actually a quote. I'll leave you the the show notes, the the decision. We reject this argument. The second thing is, hey, even if if this plaintiff or if this special master can award fees, million dollars is too much, can't be so high. Court's like, that's not working either. And this is what they say. Plaintiff's contumacious conduct in these post-judgment matrimonial proceedings including the misconduct alleged by defendant has been well documented by the court and the SM that's a special master. And we find no basis to disturb these findings. So don't think at the Pell division 
even assuming plaintiff did nothing wrong. Let's say plaintiff did nothing wrong and the special masters was biased, which I don't think this is the case, but let's just assume this. And you go to the appellate division, you think they're going to help you. I would say 90% of the time they don't care and they're going to have something conclusory like this, contumacious conduct, because they're going to defer most likely to a well-respected judge or in this case to the special master. So remember that. What's the answer? The answer is don't act out in your proceeding. Don't act out in your proceeding. Don't think just because you have a firehouse of an attorney, they're going to help you. The court's still going to hurt you. It's going to cost more money. It's going to take more time. That's hard for people to hear. So start off in the beginning, acting reasonably, appropriately, produce discovery, go into court when it's necessary, acting civilly. You do that, you're going to give your your shot, the best shot you have to uh, do well in your divorce or post-divorce. All right, question. What is the difference between mediation and collaborative divorce? Collaborative divorce is a fancy name for attorneys who ventured into a participation agreement and decided not to go to court, you know, except to do an uncontested divorce. It was developed by an attorney, a litigator, who saw the limitations of the system. He saw that the hourly model that incentivizes lawyers to just go to court and rock and roll is not necessarily helpful for most litigants, for most parties. And it might be better for attorneys to spend all of our creativity and experience that we have not fighting each other, but being collaborative. But a lot of attorneys are driven by the money, and there's a lot more money in in litigation than there is in collaborative divorce. So we had to develop a system, and the system was entering into these participation agreements to self-select attorneys who really want to do right by these clients, these parties, and not necessarily what's right just for their pocketbook. Okay, so that's a collaborative divorce model. It's attorney-driven, but it's out of court, and it's usually a team approach. So usually the collaborative attorneys will bring in maybe a child specialist if there's children issues. They can have financial specialists to help out in that area. The mediation context is also out of court, but it's an honor system. What I mean is no one signs a participation agreement that if the mediation fails, they can't go to court. Court's always in the back of everyone's mind in mediation. So that process, again, you could use You could use child specialists. You can use experts in mediation. In those sessions with the mediator, you don't necessarily need to have your attorney there or even even if you have an attorney, but some people like to have the support of an attorney going through mediation, prepare for mediation. So a lot of people just, you know, do the sessions with the mediator, maybe alone or maybe just a few sessions with the attorney to make sure everything's okay. And then just have the attorneys in the background once an agreement is reached. All right, so positive perspective. I read recently in a fabulous book called Good Life. And for people who don't know it, uh, it's basically based on this long-term Harvard study from the 1920s where they studied uh, uh, some people who went to Harvard and some people from the Boston area. And they followed these people for like 80 years. They're already on the second generation. And they wanted to find out a lot of different qualities about them but what was particularly interesting to me is what, as, as the book says, what makes a good life? What do they learn talking to people at the end of their lives? And what they found out is relationships. 
Now, for people who are like, okay, I don't have to read the book. I got it. Relationships. And if you have relationships and you're doing a good job in that area, maybe this book would just be a, a refresher for you. But for other people who maybe are spending more time than necessary on success goals, on work goals, for things that are not any more functional, but are just becoming an end in themselves, that they need to become more balanced, this is a good book to read. You know, This book is basically saying, listen, no one at the end of their lives is saying, I wish I had three more cars or worked more or had more pullisers. No one says that necessarily. What they say is, I wish I, did, I, I devoted more time to my family, to my close friends. I wish I gave more. And this book, I think, is the type of book where the instruction, the writing is so clear that I think it will be persuasive and really help people make a big change in their lives. All right, disclaimer. Remember, this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult with your attorney before acting on the information contained in this podcast. Until next time, be creative, not reactive. Mm-hmm.